All right, guys, welcome to The Athlete's Edge. I am Katie Richardson, one of your hosts. We're so excited to have you guys on today. This is our very first podcast, and we hope you enjoy it. For our first few podcasts, we are actually going to be diving into our Leadership Academy as we talk about Jeff Jansen's book, The Teammates Accountability Manual. I hope you all enjoy the show. Let's get right to it. All right, you guys, welcome to Maniacs Nation. This is our podcast, and today I'm your host, Katie Richardson, and I am with Coach Gooey Sarah Burlingame, and we're excited to have you on, Coach Sarah. Hey, Katie, I am super excited to be on. So today we are launching our Leadership Academy 2020. This is our second year we've done this, and this year we're going into Jeff Jansen's The Teammates Accountability Manual. Why do you think this is so important for us to teach young lacrosse players, teach young athletes? Well, I think what I love most about sports is the lessons are so transferable to everything else you do in life. And as young people, sports are a great place to experience what it's like to be a teammate and set goals and work together. Uh, but you're going to experience that for the rest of your life, whether it's with a family, on a work team, whether you're working with a team on a really exciting leading edge surgery, you are constantly be um, challenged by teams, expected to thrive within them. And this particular set of books that he's put out, this is called Level 2, the Teammates Accountability Manual, um, part of the Jeff Jansen Leadership Academy uh, series of books I've used for a number of years with my team. And I've just found it to be a really simple way for uh, language to come out for teams and coaches uh, to really be focused on what's most important and um, have stories and language that make it easy to to transfer over to, to any team. So I, for me, it's been a great resource that I've actually used for years. Last year, we did Athletes Responsibility Manual, and I know definitely we had some kids hop on who really, really enjoyed it. So we are actually diving into Chapter 1 of the Teammates Accountability Manual today. This one is Own Your Responsibilities and Role. And why do you think he led off with owning your responsibilities and your role when he talks about your accountability as a teammate? I don't think it's possible to be successful without really knowing what's expected of you. So when I think about that idea, we talked about it a lot in um, our lacrosse club this year, um, Lax Maniacs, one of our focus points this past year was rocking your role. And I'm sure that girls um, have a really good understanding of what that means for our club, but do they have an understanding of what that means for their team? Um, even as a teacher, I have to rock my role. As a mother, I want to rock my role. Uh, if I take on a new responsibility um, in my son's youth group as a leader in that in that area, I would be responsible to rock my role. So that idea of understanding what's expected of you so that you can be successful, um, really having a clear vision of everything that's expected of you so you can say yes if it's appropriate or possibly no if it's inappropriate is really important. So I think as a starting block, if we think of things as building in pyramids where um, each each layer or each um, stone within that pyramid is really important, I think this is one of those bedrocks, one of those base foundation layers that's really important when you think on taking 
when you think about taking on new things um, without an understanding of what your role would be before you say yes to something, um, you're going to be short-sighted and, and blindsided. So one of the things I have in my notes is understanding your role allows you to be a victor, not a victim. And uh, you don't want to be a victim to not having a full understanding of what you're taking on. For surely. I think that understanding is so, so important really when you come into any kind of new circumstance. So whether that's a team or a classroom or a new school, um, I love that you talked about, you know, knowing the expectation. What's the expectation of you? So if you come into a new school, so our players who are going off to college, the expectation if they're at a giant school with 400 kids in the class may not be that they show up to class every day. Whereas when they were in high school, the expectation was you show up to class every day. But if they go in and they're like, oh, the school expectation is I don't have to show up to class and they don't know that their coach's expectation is you are in every single class. They've already committed a foul within their team simply because they didn't understand what was expected to the, of them as a member of that team. Yeah, I know we'll get into that, really the layers of what you're responsible for. And, and it goes as far as to our players that are finishing college now and, and are into their first or second jobs. Um, yeah, I know we'll get a little bit more into that, the full range of what's expected of you when you rock your role um, when we get into the chapter a little bit more. But it's it's a big responsibility, um, but it's simple as simple as understanding what's expected of you. So as long as you, as long as you understand that that's the, that's the launching point, you'll have some super success. So, you know, we talk about roles and it's, it's fun of those things that we have players every year who they come from being the best player at their middle school the best player on their rec team or the best player at their high school. And then they come in to travel lacrosse or, you know, even our travel players go on to play college lacrosse and, all of a sudden they kind of seem to have struggles. What have you seen now coaching players, you know, from itty bitty mini maniacs who are, you know, six, seven years old, all the way through, you know, players who are in college. What have you seen where players struggle to accept their role and why does that become such a struggle for them? That's a great question. So I've seen it both as a coach and as a player. And uh, it's so awesome now that, We've had players that, like you said, we've worked with since they were um, even before they were middle school who have now graduated and are um, women of the world. So to see them go through all of those evolutions is amazing. I think um, as a coach, so if a player came to me and said, coach, I want to rock my role this preseason and I want to know what is expected of me. So I'm the coach and a player comes to me. If that if I've worked with that player for four or five years and I've coached the team for four or five years, it'd be pretty easy for me to have a clear vision of where they fit in and what I really need them to focus on in the first third of the season, that preseason time. If I know a player really well, but I don't know a team really well, maybe that player and I just transferred schools and we're going into a fully new team. I really have to get a sense of the team before I can understand where that player is going to have the biggest impact. So I think something for players to understand is if you're a freshman um, going into college or a freshman going into uh, high school, or you are just a brand new coach, take over a program that can be a challenging question for a coach. You know, 
how do you see me fitting in and what can I bring to the table? So if you don't have that relationship uh, with your coaching staff where you've been working with them and on that team for multiple years and they really know you, you may want to break it down and say, you know, can I, can you tell me what I can focus on this week to have the most positive impact on the team? And then they'll get to know you and um, you can rock that role. But like you said, um, when you get that information, it's not always the easiest. So as a player, um, it's definitely hard to take on a role that you didn't necessarily want. Um, I was thinking of three examples of this. Um, one is just a phenomenal player, uh, collegiate player now, who is an unbelievable attacker for us um, in the state of Florida. And her role that was given to her freshman year um, was through the box. And that was really challenging for her for a number of reasons. One, she wanted to be on the field more. But more importantly, the angle at which she came in was a challenging way and style for her to come in um, based on how she played. So although she was given this really cool opportunity to play a ton of minutes as a freshman, it was a challenging role for her to undertake. And when we, we spent some time together last summer talking it through, I said, well, that's it. That's the role you've been given. And now you have to figure out how to crush it. Uh, or we had another player playing at a high level who was one of the best attackers I've ever coached. And wouldn't you know it, they moved her to defense. So if you want to get on the field, kid, you got to play defense. And I could think about a goalie whose team really needed her to play a much more subdued style, conservative, uh, which was against her natural nature. But again, if that's what the team needs of you, find a way to crush it. So don't ask for what you want, but ask what you can give to the team and then find a way to crush it. So as a coach, you know, I do think it is can be challenging in certain circumstances to really delineate specifically what's expected of a player if I don't know them very well. Um, and then as a player, if you've been given a role, you really need to, to crush that role. So it, it can be challenging on both sides, um, but breaking it down and, and finding a way to do it, uh, to rock that role is important as a player. And uh, if your coach doesn't know you very well, maybe take that that big question of what's my role this year or this season to what can I do this week to have a positive impact on the team coach? And it's so important, don't you think, for players to have that conversation with their coach? I mean, how will they know what their role is if they never ask? You know, and they're like, oh, gosh, I'm only getting these minutes. I may not be any good. And it's like the coach is actually sitting there thinking, oh, no, I think you're awesome at this thing. That's why I put you here. The coach may give you a role that you think is minuscule and it's the missing piece for that team. So I, it sounds we had a player that we counted on a ton for backing up the cage, which doesn't, it doesn't have that glamorous effect. But from a possession standpoint, we did not have anyone who was in you know, a good position down there doing that. And it was a role we needed filled and it, it was a game changer for us. So I think a part of it as a player is whatever's given to you you have to stick to it. So you have to find a way to do a really good job in that role. And for instance, if you are, you're the energizer bunny, you're the person that's, that they need to bring that positive vibe to, to practice, to motivate people, to focus them. You have to actually have your own plan in place, like a, a motivation ritual or a check-in ritual or a focus ritual. So you can be ready to execute consistently. That's another part of it. Because although it is exciting to be given a role, certainly there are times that that role is challenging to take on. So knowing your responsibilities and then being mentally and physically prepared to um, to rock that role 
whatever's asked of you is also important to, to think about in advance. You played high school lacrosse, you played college lacrosse at Cornell, were extremely successful, played for Team Canada. Were you ever in a position where you really had a role that you struggled to embrace? Oh, gosh. I mean, so many times. I can think of two really specifics. Um, my freshman year at Cornell, I was so fortunate because um, I was tra- I traveled and um, went to every game and I got to be on scout team. I got to do all kinds of things, but I was dying to to play, to really get some minutes on the field. And I, I can very clearly recall some really cold days in Ithaca where I was kind of running in circles on the other side of the field while the starters were working on whatever they had to work on in the game plan to beat our opponent. And uh, I, I don't know how many circles I did that year of that side of the field, but it felt like a million. And uh, my job was to stay in shape and then kill it when I was when I was given a chance to uh, to get some reps in. So it was challenging mentally, and it was challenging, you know, from a just from that energy stamina standpoint. Um, but it was truly what was required for me to continue to prog- to progress in that in that capacity with that team and. You know, now in hindsight, I don't certainly don't think when I was running in circles, I I thought I would have the opportunity to be a two-year captain there and a starter and have all those amazing opportunities. That wasn't on my mind, but you know, in hindsight, I can see the perspective of of how it all works together. So that was a tough one. And uh, the other other one was with Team Canada. I had a, a couple of really tough pills to swallow over the years. Um, you know, I remember being pulled from. Um, an overtime loss to England, and all I wanted to do was to be on that team. But I mean, sorry, on that field. But you know, at that point, coaches made the decision that they needed someone else on the field. And that in that moment, at the end of the game, there, and it was my job to have the most positive, contagious energy I, I possibly could. That's what the team needed. So it wasn't about me; it was about team. So doesn't mean it's easy, and there are there are some some challenging situations that you know you would love to have changed, but. At the same time, it's just part of being on a team. You have to give things up to be on a team. And it's a really important lesson to learn. And it's helped me, for surely has helped me over the years. That's for sure. I think it helps, especially in hindsight. So we're coaching now. We look at it when we put a kid on a team. So a kid tries out and we're like, yes, we really want this player. And we see something specific that we love. Maybe she has a really awesome crease dodge or maybe she is a great draw specialist, or maybe she has a ton of positive, contagious energy. And we look at that kid and we're like, wow, this is amazing. I see you crushing this and bringing this positive aspect to our team. And I think a lot of times when you're in the thick of it and you're the player who's not getting the playing time you want, you're not getting you know, the accolades that you want because you're not that shiny do-it-all kid. I think it's hard to remember that you were recruited to that team for a reason. You were chosen to that team for a reason. And the leaders of that team, the coaches said, you've got a skill set that is going to help this team be successful. And I think a lot of times when you're in the thick of it and you're kind of in that mud of like, how come I'm not getting the recognition I feel like I deserve? It's kind of can be challenging to remember that of, I was chosen to be here for a reason, you know, and I think being able to ask your coaches, ask your captains, what are my responsibilities? What's my role can really help you own that idea that I belong here. I have a reason to be here. They chose me to be here. 
because I bring something to the table. Yeah, absolutely. You have to, you have to wear the hat you were given. Um, you have to trust your coaches that they see something. Like I, I know as a coach, I have transitioned multiple middies into defenders just because they had a, a certain um, way of moving on angle and foot speed and just a athletic stance that was so exceptional, so much more exceptional potentially than either the defenders I had or um, than how they were playing on the offensive side of the ball. And it wasn't that they couldn't develop that, but it was just those really specific skills um, that a player would have had to trust me that, you know, coach, I, I trust that you see in me what it really takes to excel in this area. Um, so definitely that trust is there. And I think something that can be challenging is, you know, if you have that grunt role, you know, the dirty between the thirties, just pulling up balls um, and, or backing up the cage or, you know, riding hard. Like if you have the, those tough, challenging roles that involved a, involve a tough mentality um, with very little glory, um, it can be challenging depending on the culture of your team. If your team culture is not to consistently recognize those players. So Part of um, thinking it through in advance is really knowing that, you know, this is how I'll know I'm doing a good job. It's on me to check in with my coaches. Coaches' personality is not going to change to be all of a sudden, you know, super excited about these, these, uh, me or this role. Um, so even if coach says, high five, you did a good job today, or you check in and say, coach, you know, I was really, wor- I've been really working hard to get possessions on the ground balls. Like you told me that was a really important role this week. Do you see anything I can change? And if coach just says simply, nope, looking good, that has to be just enough gratification no matter what. So part of it is is self-reliance on understanding that this is your role and your goal is to do the best you can versus your goal is to get recognition. Your goal is to get a shout out. That's not the end goal. Your goal is to rock that role. And I know we'll get into it a little later, but sometimes we, sometimes we want a role uh, we're dying for a starting position or the finishing attacker or whatever that particular role is. But until we can prove that no matter what, we can wear the hat we were given, we can rock the role that was given to us, um, we're not in a position to ask for anything more. So it's that idea of ask what you can do for your team, not expect to be given something. So it it, it can be challenging on on a lot of levels. But as uh, you and I know, with, with perspective and age and experience, um, if you can figure this out now, it will help you in so many ways for the rest of your life. So we're not saying it's always easy, um, but we are saying that it is critical. Jeff Jansen goes into three steps to fulfilling your role. Um, and let's kind of dive into that because we've touched on it a few times now is what those three steps are. So that first step is know your role and you know, it's one of those things after an evaluation period. So after a season, I know our Maniacs players after a season, they're getting an evaluation from their coaches, college players after their fall ball, and then again after preseason, and then again after their preseason, I'm sorry, and after their spring season, they're getting evaluations that whole way through. And that's an opportunity to ask questions to a coach. You know, that's an opportunity if your coach is telling you something about your role and you don't understand what those responsibilities are, that's a great time to start asking questions of what's needed from me. How can I serve my team? How can I better help my team? And the coach has a chance then to explain where they see you in regards to your role and also what they need from you to help you 
knock that role out of the park. Because if a coach says, you know, I really need you to be a game changer for me between the 30s, you may be wondering, okay, do you want me to get the ball every time during a clear? Or do you want me to ride the heck out of every girl who comes through or both? You know, you may be an offensive transition girl, or you may be a really big, important, critical defensive transition girl. But unless you clarify that with your coach at one of those meetings or after an evaluation period or after a tournament, it's going to be really challenging for you to rock your role just because you don't understand it yet. Yeah. Go back to that idea of Victor, not a victim. So if you just say, oh, well, coach doesn't like me or, oh, well, you know, I never get an opportunity, that takes you down that victim mentality. But a victor would go to the coach and say, coach, I know we talked about the following things. I'm not clear on this particular part. Can you help me? And then go out and rock it. So I love that word you used, opportunity. So sitting down with your coaches is an opportunity to clarify your role, to ask what more is expected of you, um, to make sure, confirm that you're on the same page, that you are doing everything that's required. Um, But I love that idea of opportunity. It goes with that same idea of investment. So when I am rocking my role, I'm investing in my team. I'm investing in myself. I'm investing in our culture. So if we think of, of that opportunity, the investment in our team, it's a very different mindset than that lack or negativity. I love the way that you use those words. So to be a victor, not a victim, you really have to understand your role. And if you aren't taking those opportunities to speak with your coaching staff, um, it's, it's a missed opportunity, as simple as that. Oh, absolutely. And it's just one of those situations where you can't, can you really be upset with a coach because you thought your role was to be a starting two-way midi, but you never asked them and the way they saw you was a face-off specialist? You know, those are two very different roles. But if you never ask them, can you really be upset when you didn't get the role you thought you were going to get? And it transitions perfectly into your first job. So for those of you that are listening who have already graduated from our program rocking your role within that first job is critical. So understanding all the aspects of what's expected to you, of you in your job and then having those check-ins. I know that I've talked with so many um, college players and parents that are so grateful for all those coach meetings because it's really like having your first meeting with your boss uh, multiple times. Probably you will meet with your coaching staff, quote unquote, your bosses, more times in your four years in college than you will in the first 10 years that you work out in the real world. So um, having those opportunities to go through the the challenges and the unease with having those um, conversations is really an important step to, to get you ready for life. And for those of you that are listening that are now done with lacrosse, um, really taking the initiative of reaching out to your um, bosses and in the case of, of high schoolers, reaching out to your coaching staff because those um, those situations where they have the meetings may not be in place. Um, may take that initiative to, to clarify and, and have those meetings and follow-up meetings. And after those meetings, we kind of move into that second step to fulfilling your role. And that second step is accepting your role. So once your coach looks at you and says, you know, here's where I see you helping your team. Here's where I see you serving your team. Here's where I see you helping our team to be successful. It's up to you to accept that role. And I think the thing that's challenging is there's some roles that are a lot easier to accept than others. If you are 
the starting player, T. Wharton nominee, like draw specialist, do it all girl, give the ball to her all the time. That's a pretty easy role to accept. Um, but it's a lot more challenging if you are a substitution player, if you are, you know, the 10th man in, that's really, really challenging. Or if your coach sees you in a new position. So what, um, what kind of things do you think it's important for players to keep in mind when they have a role that they need to learn to accept, whether that's a really great role or really, I don't even want to use the word great, a really big role or maybe a smaller role that at first glance they may look at and think is lesser than because they just don't see that big picture. What's your advice for a player in that position? Yeah. So we have clarify your role and then accept your role. Um, And that word, that phrase you just used, understanding the big picture. So perspective and big picture are critical to understanding how it all fits together. So if we just think of a wheel on a bicycle, those spokes, although they seem minuscule and replaceable, there's so many of them, Uh, They perform a very important role in that bike wheel. And each one of the spokes um, or a baby toe, uh, that baby toe is going to keep our whole body balanced. So although it doesn't seem as the baby toe, you wouldn't seem to have a huge role. There you are stuck in shoes all day. You have a very important role for um, the entire body and their ability to move and be agile. So your little slice of the pie, as you may see it, can have a massive impact if you do a phenomenal job. Um, And it also has a critical role within what your team is building. So even if it's as simple as you don't get in on scout team, you don't make the bus, if your role is to be a culture keeper, there is no less importance in that being of a culture keeper than being the kid who scores the most goals that season. Without all of those things in balance. If you look at the teams um, that are now playing in the in the uh, football national championships, they have so many role players executing well, taking ownership of that role, and having pride in that role because they understand how important each part is and how critical executing that role is to the whole perspective of success then you can have more pride. You can be excited about your role. You have a vision that after this comes something else. Um, So for instance, if a student athlete is given a role, um, maybe it's you are on the field, but you're backing up the cage and you perform that role, but with a bad attitude, are you really performing that entire role to the best of your ability? Absolutely not. So it's not just showing up Whatever that role is, it's showing up and crushing it. And that means showing up with a positive attitude, doing it to the best of your ability, understanding all the ins and outs of it. And when coaches see you doing that, when they are thinking of a new role, someone to fill the next thing, they know that you are someone that they can count on. So you're earning kind of sweat equity into the program. You are earning trust. Um, You are adding to the success of the whole group, whatever your role is. So you have to take that hat that you're given and be willing to find a way to, to do it to the best of your ability. And maybe even more, maybe you don't even have all of the skill set required to execute that role. You have to get better in some areas. That's also your responsibility. So I think that bigger perspective, if we can, for a lacrosse player, and we can see ourselves, see our team through our eyes, and then we kind of go back one level 
And it's almost like we're in a drone and we can see our team there. And there you are with your team, understanding you're an important part of the team. And then that drone backs out a little bit more. And maybe you can see, um, so you can see your team, but now you can see the university campus or the high school campus. Or if you're in your first job, you can see your, um, your, your building. And then you go back a little bit more and you see your city, you go back a little bit more, you see your country. Uh, it really helps you get perspective on, I am an important little piece of this puzzle. Um, and it's a big puzzle. So every, every important, every role has to be executed well in order for it all to work together. Otherwise we get cracks and we don't want cracks in the, in the system. That's for sure. And I think you highlighted something there that that's so important for athletes to understand was this idea of when you, you know, take control and you do that role to the best of your ability, that's where the opportunity to have a bigger role is going to come from. When a coach sees that you are buying in, you're giving everything you have to do this one thing really well, they are going to be more likely to start giving you more opportunities to do other things. They want you to start being that person who's going to, instead of just back up the cage, you're now backing up the cage and you're taking a crease role, or you are now making that game changing feed. You know, they are trusting you with more responsibility because when they gave you some responsibility, you executed it to the best of your ability. And I think sometimes players get caught up when their role is smaller and they're like, it's just not important. And the thing is, is, you're not going to get a bigger role by believing that the role you currently have is unimportant or less than you really have to dive into it as if it's the most important thing you're going to do. And that's, what's going to help you to continue to move, continue to expand your role into something even bigger. I've absolutely agreed. So step one, clarify, step two, accept, and then go for it, baby. Step three is own your role, own it. All right, invest in it, take pride in it, be accountable for it. And that is number three is own your role. And one of the things I, you know, loved at Presbyterian was we had a player there who was a football player. He graduated before I got there, but his name is Justin Bethel. He's actually a current player for the Patriots. And this was a guy who was, you know, drafted in the sixth round to the National Football League, he's, you know, played with a couple different teams. He was always consistently ranked pretty low in the defensive depth chart. But what he did do is he became known as a special teams player. And he went to two Pro Bowls as a special teams player, which is amazing in a sense that special teams is often one of those positions that players are trying to get out of. They want a bigger role. They want more. But it's such a valuable position in the course of a football game and it's one of those positions that's kind of underrated and it was so cool to see this guy who I went to the same school as who you know was on the field less than 20 percent of the game but was recognized because he crushed that role so well that he went to the Pro Bowl twice simply because he was so good in that under 20 percent of the game he was in and I think that's one of the things that you know, is so impactful for me is he owned it. He was like, you know what? I'm going to be the best special teams player in the country. Why not? And went for it. And I think that's really, really cool. And something players can really buy in on how big or how small your role is. It can make a giant impact, even if it doesn't seem like it's a super important, super big, you know, sexy role. 
I love that story. That's a great one. Embrace it. And there's going to be part parts of that that are drudgery, right? Like there's some of that that maybe you just don't love practicing. But in order to be the best special teams guy or the best uh, through-the-box attacker or the best conservative goalie, there are parts of that that role you may not love, but you got to find a way to, to crush it. So it's kind of like you clarify your role. You say, coach, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go for it. You accept the responsibility and then you embrace it. So embrace it means you got to break it down, figure out where your weaknesses are, where your blind spots are, and uh, which areas you have to improve on, which areas you have to stay consistent on, and how you have to show up every day. And then you can embrace it. I think those, those that's a great way to look at it. I love that story of of really embracing whatever role is given to you and not expecting more until you you prove that you can do that, that building of trust. A great story. And how many, how many of our players would you say who are going from being the do-it-all player on their high school team? So the girl who the draw goes and they go, give the ball to Susie. How many of those players who we have playing in our club do you think go to college in their first couple of years are role players? What we talk about in the recruiting process is um, what experience do you want to have in college? So I think we do a great job of helping players think through in advance what experience they want to have. So they know if they want, and we talk about it during our recruiting meetings, but situation one, two, or three, do I want to go to a a college and be an immediate impact player, an all-conference player freshman year, or do I want to be a member of a team where I may never play? So I think that idea of, um, you know, understanding what you're getting yourself into is a start. Now, when you get to college, if you are a situation two and you chose, like me, go somewhere where you're going to be challenged, but you will play. So you have that positive feedback from coach and you know you fit into the system, but man, you have to fill a lot of roles you do not want to fill before you get there. I think that's where most of our players end up because they want to be challenged and, Lacrosse is still so small and and newer in Florida than in many other um, of the hotbeds of of lacrosse. Um, In comparison, when you go to play college lacrosse, the reality is everyone's an All-American. So the way the numbers work, it funnels down into college lacrosse. So unless you are a big fish in a small pond where you're showing up and you are the player, the savior of the team that everyone needed, that filling that one most important role – most of our players, I want. I'm going to throw off the top of my head that it's 90% of our players are um, getting into a role freshman year that they would not choose for themselves, and that goes from literally the best players that we have had come out of Florida and out of our club um, all the way through the gamut. So most kids go off to college and are not in the ideal role that they would carve out for themselves. And the good news is we have the best kids in our club and they're all willing to work hard and find a way and, and work through it. And they, they call us, right, Katie? It's exciting and fun. Oh yeah. It's exciting. And you get the chance to see how their roles shift. So when you talk to a player, their freshman year, a lot of times you can see them, they're kind of just they're a little down about the role because it's different. It's so much different from when they left their high school team and they were a captain of their high school team and all region and all American, all this, all that. And then they went to college and they're like, Oh, every kid here was an all American. And some of them were collegiate all Americans last year. Right. You know, and by the time they're juniors and seniors, they are now all conference, all American, all of these things. And it's, 
one of those things where it's such a great perspective to see them go through that college experience where it's like, yes, my first year was really challenging, but by my junior and senior year, I'm glad I stuck it out and I went through that because now I'm a better mentor to underclassmen. I understand what they're going through, but also the like the juice is worth the squeeze, right? You know, it's they worked really hard, but it's worth it for that for the growth that came with the work. You know, if they didn't have to face that work, would they have grown the way they did? You you always say we could do hard things, right? And you have to have that mentality of I'm investing in myself. And although it's hard, doesn't mean I can't do it. I choose to. I get to. I get to have this role on the team. I get to wake up early and go and get stronger and faster. I get to show up and be a part of this amazing team and culture. Um, I get to play lacrosse because my legs work and my feet are running and I got these great shoes on, right? That idea of I get to and we can do hard things is all part of our growth. So embracing a role we don't love, if you can say, ah, of course I could do that, then I'll tell you what, you're on that path to you can do anything. If embracing a role you don't love is one of the most challenging things you've ever done, well, what a great time to learn how to work through that. Chunk it down. What are my blind spots? What do I need to know? Where do I need to improve? And it's a perfect opportunity as either a young adult, a middle schooler, or a high school um, student to learn how to embrace a role that is less than ideal because the reality is that's life, folks. You will be given all kinds of hats and do all kinds of jobs that may not be exactly how you had envisioned it. And uh, it's a great tool to, to have the mindset to say, all right, I can do this too. Because Katie, as you say, we could do hard things. We definitely can. And I think that's, you know, one of the things that, you know, when you're owning your responsibility and role, we will never guarantee you that's going to be easy. No coach is ever going to tell you that it's going to be easy to accept things that you don't love, but they will tell you that the growth that comes because of it will be worth the effort. You know, it'll be worth running circles on the other end of the field when you want to be with the starters, because one day you're going to be the starters and there's going to be a new group of kids running circles on the other end of the field. And I think that's the thing is, yes, we can do hard things and doing those hard things are worth the effort. Uh, do you have anything else to add, Coach Sarah? I do. Um, I'm just going to have to, I may need your help for a second. There is a part of this chapter that talks about um, clarifying roles. So if you have been given the role of a leader and it's your job to divvy out responsibilities, that's one thing I want to touch upon. Um, what, what do they call that, Coach Katie, in the book? What's the phrase they use? So they call that discussing responsibilities versus dictating responsibilities. And this really applies to captains and upperclassmen when they're communicating with their teammates. And I really, really enjoyed that in the sense that, you know, just as it's important for players to talk to their coaches to clarify their role, it's super important for captains to talk with their teammates from the position of I am your teammate. Here's how we, you know, divvy up responsibilities on our team and have that as a discussion instead of a mandate. You know, is a player going to respect the captain a ton who's like, freshman, go get all the gear. Freshman, go get the water. Freshman, go get that. And the freshmen are just saying, they're like, 
Okay, I guess we're gonna. You know, there's not a ton of guys. I guess her role is to be bossy. (laughs) Unless you think that's your role, you probably need to rethink that. I think um, when we when we talk about discussing responsibilities versus dictating responsibilities, thank you for um, bringing up that phrase. People want to know why. Why do I have to bring positive, contagious energy? Why are we running the play this way? Why uh, do I have to have more control and transition on defense and not foul? Um, it helps them if you open up that discussion. Discussion versus dictate remembers two-way street. So you're, you are going to open it up and, and a leader or a captain or a coach could help you set some boundaries on how long you'll talk about it or help, help kind of direct the conversation. That's always, I've, I found that useful. Um, but we did exactly this over the years with my teams. And it's that ownership, helping people to have an ownership of everything it is going to take to achieve this common goal. Whether it's our common goal is to create a culture of, um, inclusion, hard work, and uh, goal-driven culture. Okay, what is it going to take? Well, we'll have to be inclusive and make sure that we connect with everybody. We'll have to set goals and set out to, to achieve it, and we want this positive environment, so we're going to have to be positive and talk positively and think positively every day. So whether it's um, talking about your culture and what role everyone has to play within your culture or whether it's uh, the role you're going to play on the field, Having those discussions, your job when we get to the field is to line up the backpacks as a team, right? All those things that seem simple add more like a massive tidal wave uh, when we we look at it upside down and backwards and everything that's required. So having that discussion um, allows people to have a clear vision of what the group is trying to accomplish, um, allows people to buy in and have ownership. And it can also, with discussion, have People can have a a moment of clarity in the importance of their part, right? The part that they're given, the part that they play. Um, And it just really helps people, like I said, to take that ownership mentality of of what's been the challenge that's been put before um, the group. So clarify, accept, embrace, and then potentially discuss responsibilities versus um, dictating responsibilities. That's that's your, your chapter one recipe for success. Yep. And next week, we will be coming back. We're diving into chapter two next week. And next week, we'll be talking about recognize your ripple effect. So if you guys have any questions about where we are talking about, you know, this accountability manual, the teammates accountability manual, we will link that in the um, link that below in the podcast. So you'll be able to visit our Amazon page and you can purchase the book for yourself and work through it if you want with your teammates, or you can keep following along with us here or both. So that is the opportunity you have to follow along with us in Jeff Jansen's The Teammates Accountability Manual. All right, people, we are jazzed. We are excited. We know you can do it. Uh, Like it says in the name, this is a manual. So um, if you want to order the book, uh, certainly it's a nod to the, in the right direction to these amazing authors and, and Jeff Jansen and the great leadership group that he's put together. Um, and like Coach Katie says, it is uh, something that I have actually multiple copies on me at all time that I, that I um, give to coaches because I believe that this is a book that will set young women up and teams up uh, to be successful, not only for their season, but also the rest of their life. So hoping you feel inspired. And I know this is the time of year. If you are listening to this podcast with us, um, when we first released it, you are very close to starting off your season. 
And that's uh, a perfect time to, to clarify your role, tell your coach you've got it, and then work hard to embrace it. So we are excited to hear some feedback on how you guys are doing. We can address some questions in our next podcast, but we believe in you and we know you have all the tools to get there. And we are so excited for an exciting season for each of you. Well, thank you for joining us today, Coach Gooey. I can't wait to talk to you again next week. Adios, Coach Katie. All right. Bye-bye, guys.